You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Welcome to another episode of The Geeks Pub. I'm Tim Robertson, joined by David Cohen. Hello, David. How are you? Hello. I'm good. How are yeah. you? I'm great. Yeah. <laughs> not really, but we're not going to talk about it on the show. Um, we, we discussed it before. Anyways, music-wise, anybody listening to this probably knows that theme music. It was, of course, from HBO's sometimes amazing game of thrones yep. which it's almost became it the, i love that music i didn't like yeah. it at first that's the funny thing i thought it was uh see i came into game of thrones like season two mm-hmm. so i was way behind everybody else it seemed and i it just i wasn't into the whole sorcery or medieval or any of that stuff at the time I'd had my fill thanks to Lord of the Rings and then, of course, The Hobbit. And I would just, I, I wanted something different. And I generally bend towards science fiction more than, you know, fantasy, if you will. Yeah. But that's not to say I don't like it. It's just, I, I at the time, I kind of felt like I had had my fill because when the season, first season of Game of Thrones came out, I think we were halfway through the Hobbit mo- trilogy. And eh, I just wasn't into it. But then I did watch it first couple episodes i was in i i didn't like the theme music i felt like it was trying to you know paint this grand picture that uh, a little self-indulgent if you will mm-hmm. but then the more i got into it the more i felt like the theme really was really good and it really did capture the feeling of the show yeah which doesn't always happen let's be honest yeah I, I think I think the theme in, together with the credits, the way they did the credits, to show the different castles across. Oh, I thought Westeros. that was brilliant. Yeah, that I, I always I think, liked. Yeah, I think I think that w- worked really well. And and the problem is, it's a catchy piece of music once you've heard it a few times. Yes, it, it's, that's, it that's sticks in it, your head for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I said the 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 show was brilliant. Sometimes, I think it's almost famous for. It's lackluster. I don't know if lackluster is a word. Disappointing final season. They, I felt like they had, it, number one, it was a shorter season than the rest. And they tried to wrap up a whole bunch, and it was kind of unsat- unsatisfactory. Now, I know that you've only watched the first season, so I don't want to say too much spoilery for you. But I just felt like some of the characters got a short shift, and it, it could have been a lot better. And I, I think... Yeah, I I mean I I'm halfway through the books, um, and uh, you know yeah I've kind of I, I, as I said to you before it's it's heavy going. Um, there's a lot of characters to keep track of, and, yes. um, and people's importance to the story changes over time. Um, I think some of the characters are brilliant, and certainly in the TV show, I think the way they portrayed them is also brilliant. But the problem is, it's just it it is a big slog, uh, and and. In some respects, I can kind of, you can almost see 
as you as you watch it, the the fact they're going to struggle to tie everything up because there's so much going on, and uh, everybody had different char- different characters who were their favourites, and not everyone's going to get the kind of story arc that uh, all the, all the resolution that you think they deserve. Uh, I know it is famous for um, a lot of fans being really disappointed with the way it ended. A lot of people um, were, yeah, yeah, uh, you know, and um, and now we're in this situation where after it's finished, it now has a lot much more competition. Uh, on streaming services than it had when it first started and um you know there's about what eight or nine <laughs> spin-off shows planned as everybody tries to uh you know refine uh, refine the the golden egg from the goose really um i don't know i don't know how successful any of those are going to be really uh, I, th- I think the landscape has changed because game of thrones was one of the very um one of the very early kind of water cooler shows um and i think i think because the genre if if you can start watching it is is probably has a bit more broader appeal than something like sopranos where you've really got to be into that kind of genre to really get into it whereas i think and, and people can more casually can dip into stuff like fantasy and sword and sorcery and that sort of thing so it was a very early kind of you know must watch water cooler show uh, and like you and, said, it's uh, got a lot more competition, even in that genre. I mean, Wheel of yeah. Time season one, uh, I think the it was Witcher. 10 episodes or yeah. something. The Witcher, yep. Although The Witcher is, it's kind of its own thing. Yeah. Um, I uh, watched, I, The Witcher just doesn't do it for me. Well, yeah, the, but but that, that's kind of the point, is that, is that nowadays you can find a subgenre for pretty much anything, and there are loads and, and loads of these shows that Yeah, that Lord of the Rings is coming from Amazon, yeah. which I think they, they said it's something like $10 million an episode or something, maybe yeah. more, I don't remember. It's just a ridiculous number, which you got to figure a lot of that is the special effects costs, because that doesn't exist <laughs> yeah know? that world doesn't exist they can't just go film in new york um <laughs> although i think those you know I, I quite honestly the mandalorian and the way they film it in that big room with the led cameras and stuff i think that is a, a bigger game changer than most people realize going forward yeah we're going to see more practical effects in as such that it's not a green screen it's an actual digital so they can kind of look in a certain place and see something and then at the same time they can kind of you know get the lighting right the yeah you know what i mean i I find the problem uh the problem with with the led room is that sometimes it's glaringly obvious that they're using it uh if you know if you know about the technology you can spot it now Uh, i think the game changer really is going to be when they make that the cost comes down they make that much bigger i mean if you could make a whole sound stage with that technology so that you could have literally hundreds of people on the set at the same time. Um, I think that really is going to be the game changer because then all of a sudden it's uh, it moves from that that kind of weird green screen type uh, scenario into something where people are actually large numbers of people are doing real things at the same time. Yes, yeah, I agree. But when it's done right, like the Mandalorian, it, it really is kind of amazing. Yeah. 
Yeah, I, I again, we on the Mandalorian, you never really noticed it, but uh, you know, we're going to talk about Obi Wan Kenobi in a minute, and there were times in that where it, it was obvious they were in the room. Yeah, <laughs> you know, um, and and once you kind of know the trick of it, then you recognise that, um, as as I say, you recognise if it's a big wide shot with lots going on, then it's not in the room, and you recognise that if it's if it's a small focus shot with just a few people in shot, it probably is in the room, uh, and it, and it starts to stick out because they they start writing for the room. They they're constructing scenes to use in the room uh, and uh, all of a sudden you start thinking well why why in the middle of this big group of people are just these two three people having this private conversation uh, and it's because they're in the room and the other people don't exist hmm. I don't know I, I don't I haven't seen that really yet um, I think that game engine technology the way it's also and that's kind of what the room is based on. Yeah. It's game. It's Unreal Engine type of stuff, and it's it's amazing how they can just. And I don't want to say in no time, but in a lot less time than it used to take, create a kind of a living environment that's yeah all around the actors above them. They still have to do practical stuff on the floor because they're stepping on stones and stuff. So you're not losing the old traditional methods of prop design but you're enhancing it with modern technology. And I have no problem with it. I, I love it. Is If it oh, makes I, the creatives be more yeah. creative, I'm all for it. Yeah, I know. I completely agree. I think, but like all, like all um, special effects when they first come out and they can be, it gets overused. Yeah. I agree yeah. with you there, but <laughs> by the same token, you say they're writing for the room, but in kind of net negative connotation, I think it's the opposite to be honest with you. I'm thinking instead of them writing going, well, we're not going to have a budget to put them on this planet, you know, we can't really. So let's let's put it in a corridor on a Star Destroyer where everything is white plate. That's pretty cheap to make. Now they can just, they're on the surface of a planet and you see all kinds of stuff above and believe, and the lighting is correct and they don't have yeah. to work on shadows and post-production. They can do a lot more in the writer's room because of the technology. It enables them to really kind of let loose, which isn't always a good thing. But I think with some of the stuff coming out lately, like Obi-Wan Kenobi, it could totally be, if not freeing, very good for the writers. Yeah, I, I mean, we'll, we'll talk about Obi-Wan. There seemed to be some issues with the way the special effects were done with that, particularly in the early early episodes um there were a, a quite a few times all of a sudden the special effects kind of uh, broke the fourth wall and really didn't work so maybe that's part of the problem it wasn't necessarily the, the technology they were using it's just the way it was being used um but there were definitely some some parts of of obi-wan where I, i'm watching i'm thinking wow they kind of blew the budget on this because it's not working um and then there are other areas where it's absolutely brilliant so um you know i guess I guess uh, sometimes you know you get the B team on the day. <laughs> I don't know. I yeah. let's let's go ahead and jump into Obi Wan. Um, yeah. So for those who haven't finished the series yet, or even started it, sp major spoilers. We're going to talk about Obi Wan. Yeah. Um, uh, and another I major. Watched. Yeah. <laughs> another major spoiler. Nothing that happens in Obi Wan. Yeah. Contradicts what happens in the first Star Wars movie. No. Anybody was worried. <laughs> you yeah. know. No, all the people you expect to be in the first Star Wars movie survive Obi-Wan, which is uh, sometimes, again, drained a little bit of the tension on what was going on. I he was... Like, oh, uh, no, Obi-Wan's dead. Hey, yeah. Oh, hang on a minute. He can't be. He can't be dead. <laughs> um, I thought 
it was brilliant. I, I think it might be... It's right there with season one of Mandalorian, if not a little better, simply because of, hey, it's my buddies on screen again. Yeah. And uh, even... It, it's kind of refreshing to see a Jedi who is not all-powerful at the beginning of the series, who has massive doubts, who's been kind of living in, in obscurity and given up in a lot of ways. When Obi-Wan comes across that runaway Jedi, he basically tells him to go hide. Yeah. He is obviously suffering from PTSD. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. it's so obvious, and, and the way he portrays it is brilliant, and he doesn't really find his way back to who he really is until the last episode. Yeah. Which I thought was a great way to handle the character. You know, I didn't, I was worried that we were going to see the suit and okay, he's older. It's 10 years since, um, attack of the, or no, uh, revenge of the Sith. You know, he's been watching over Luke. He's been honing his craft. He's a super wise guy. Now I don't mean wise guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, he's more like Queen Gon, whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Um, uh, we, I, I think the worry was he would, he would be, Ewan McGregor acting like Sir Alec Guinness. Exactly, and I didn't want yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Although, no, 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 no. go ahead. Uh, I'm not well. I, I think. I mean, they definitely take him on a journey in this, uh, and and by the end, you can see he's well on the way to becoming Sir Alec Guinness, um, in a good way. Yes, um, they have you know, to this, get there eventually. Yeah, they 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 effectively they redeem. Uh, his, uh, they redeemed some of his mistakes from Revenge of the Sith through this show. Um, it, I thought it was done really well. I thought it was done really cleverly. And a lot of the um, surprises that we got, I mean, nobody, before the show came out, nobody had any, any idea it was going to be centered around Leia. They got a terrific young actress to play. She was so Leia. good. I totally yeah. bought her. At, they keep saying she's 10 years old. And I was like, she's younger than 10. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but, you know, she was really good. You can really see, uh, in some respects, the character that Leia became in the, actually, in the, um, you know, in the Ray movies more than, uh, more than perhaps she was in the, um, in the original trilogy because she was a little bit underserved in the original trilogy. But yes, in no, terms she of, was a very strong person in the original trilogy. Forget the fact that she gets captured by Jabba. That I, I never really liked. But up until that point, even when she was a prisoner of the Death Star, when Vader captured the 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 Rebel Corvette, she was tough. She was she not. She was tough, yeah. But she she didn't she didn't really come across as intelligent as I think as she does in this show, where oh, you realize I, I that, disagree. You know, I I, th I think I think they really they really kind of lent into the fact that that you know at this point we know that she's force sensitive and her force sensitivity is very much more about being able to intuit people's feelings and and recognize what those are and and that that gives her a wisdom that, that's that's beyond her years i don't think that really came out in the original in the original movies because of course you know <laughs> in the original movies nobody had an idea she was even the creators had no idea she was luke's sister until the third movie um so i i like that i thought that really worked really well and i and i think that the story that they they took this series on was the most star wars story we've seen oh by far since the original trilogy yeah and and that and you know that is that that, that it had the same 
uh, great bits and also flaws that that the original movies had, which is you know uh, uh, you have a, a a a super powerful military force who are completely incompetent. You have um, characters who are terrifying and yet and yet um, constantly seem to fumble the ball, uh, and then you have heroes who are. Um, you know, do amazing things and yet never actually finish the job. Um, and and the, those are all criticisms criticisms you could make of the of the original three movies. And, and they're here, there for good or for ill. Um, and yeah, there are these are characters who we know and we love. And I really thought the thing they could have really dropped the ball on this was was how they portrayed Darth Vader. Um, you know, spoilers. Darth Vader is in this. Um, it's not it, the, the it, it's not that um, Obi Wan never sees him again after what happened at the end of the of the prequel trilogy until he gets the Death Star at the, in the New Hope. And they meet again a couple of times, and um, you know, it's pretty it's pretty full on. Uh, yeah, from both and, of them. And eventually. I will say the the way they portrayed Vader was spot on. Yeah, I thought it was ab- just brilliant. And yeah, and you, I really like the fact that we know that, you know, is going into it. We knew that Hayden Christensen actually reprises his role, and in, including a couple flashbacks, yeah. which they actually show him mowing down the younglings, you know, and that yeah. is the motivating factor for one of the new characters in this. Um, what is it, Reva Savander? Yeah. She was great. I really, at first you hate her because she's obviously a villain. Um, But as her story develops, it's just like, oh, wow, she's really, she kind of still is a villain, but she's really there because she wants revenge against Darth Vader. She knows who he is. There's, she, she was one of the younglings. She escaped, although they didn't really show how she escaped. Just that. (laughs) I mean, she pretended she was dead, but how did how did she get out of there? It doesn't matter. Yeah. The motivator factor is, you know, as a youngling, she was taken from her family at such a young age. She didn't know who her family was. She has no memory of them. But her family were the Jedi, and they were yeah. all slaughtered right in front of her by this guy, Anakin Skywalker, who becomes Darth Vader. And she wants revenge. Now, she's not as powerful as he is, and she's trying to figure out a way to get that revenge. And she thinks getting over one Kenobi will get her an audience with Vader, and that will give her an opportunity. And yeah. I, I thought that was a great way to to bring in another Force user, give her a character arc that completely makes sense. Is she going to yeah. kill Luke Skywalker in the last episode or not? Obviously, well, she's not. But is it going to be her choice, or is or is she going to be stopped? Is Luke going to yeah. pull out yeah. you know a, a, a fevered Force strike with a rock and kill her? It, I thought it was just really, really good. The only yeah. issue I had with the last episode, it was so freaking dark in so many scenes. You couldn't really see a whole lot of what yeah. was going on. I hate and, and the, that's a yeah, that's and, a problem with a lot of films and TV series. Yeah, and and there was a there was a real element of um, you know one of the things that you and I have both criticized the Star Wars universe for before, which is uh, it's a whole galaxy and you can get anywhere you want in an instant. Um, you know, un- unless the plot demands it takes longer, because yeah. uh, because Obi Wan senses that Luke's in trouble, and Luke's he's there literally in trouble, and, and the guy. Yeah, yeah I had a problem and, with that too. I'm like, exactly. uh, it's like really, 
Yeah, you know, it's like, um, why? What if you can move around the galaxy that quickly? Why does anybody have to hide anywhere? Surely right. you just keep moving, and nobody's ever going to track you down. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, let's let's talk about some of the plot holes a little bit. Um, I I also have this real problem that, you know, Star Wars treats planets like towns. So you go to a planet, and there's only one place on the planet anybody is is in. Yeah. So everybody converges there. It's like you know, kind of a whole planet. You can't hide on a whole planet, and you always end up in exactly the same place. And if you go to one, you go to Jadim. There's only one place in Jadim anybody can be. Um, you know, they, they, I guess it's it's a it's a trope of the of the genre. Um, but it, it kind of gets when when they're moving so much from place to place, it kind of gets a bit annoying because it sticks out a little bit. Um, and and then we, you know we had a couple of the uh, 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 the fake reveals where you think one thing's going to happen, then something else happens, and then when you think about it afterwards, you think, hang on a minute, that just doesn't make sense. You know what? There was a whole other ship hiding behind there that he couldn't see. <laughs> yeah, I like that, but but it, but it was a one of the coolest moments when Vader just starts ripping a ship apart oh, with yeah. the force, and another one flies out. See, to me, I would have liked to have seen Vader treated as not quite as powerful as that, because to me, I always th- assumed that what he went through in Mustafar and being turned into uh, effectively into a half machine must have drastically diminished his force powers over what he was before. Um, and as powerful he is, as he is, I, I always took the view that the reason that the, um, the um, you know, the Darth Sidious and Darth Vader wanted to execute Order 66 is because th- because they knew that ultimately, with just the two of them, couldn't stand up to the might of the Jedi. So they had to get rid of them all. And to me, that t- to have a diminished Vader who's still feared and powerful, but is not as quite as force powerful as he used to be because of what he went through, would have uh, would have landed a little bit more than me. I mean, you know, I can't imagine with the the fake arms he's got and the fact that he's got those big shoulder pads and everything that he can, you know, whirl over his head like he used to. And I know would have liked to have seen, you know, Obi Wan kind of take advantage of that a little bit. Um, even though he kind of won the fight, and again, well, he lost the first the one. I he mean, lost the first one badly, yeah. Yeah, and um, then recovered recovered from it nice and quickly, though. So that was handy. Yeah, well, I mean, he is a Jedi. <laughs> um, I, you know, I really liked how Anakin or uh, Obi Wan is so he doesn't want to fight Vader, even though he knows he has to. He doesn't want to yep. kill him. It's his friend. You yep. know, it's his. Padawan, you know, he he already he feels responsible for what happened to him when he cut him down. Well, I thought one of the best brilliant part, well he is, but yeah, one of the be- the one of the best parts is when he when he realizes who Darth Vader is. I thought yeah. that was the reveal and the look of horror on his face and the realization that that's Anakin Skywalker is just yeah. brilliant. I it, mean. It, it, it is. It's kind. Of, I mean, I don't know how isolated he was from the news on Tatooine, but um, well, it's still kind f- of a not known that he's Anakin Skywalker for most people. Uh, well, yeah, but but to, you know, if you were former Jedi and uh, all of a sudden uh, the Emperor, who you who you know is is Darth Sidious, you know, has another apprentice who's uh, like an awesome Jedi, you might put two and two together. Maybe, you know? but he wasn't uh, even. Yeah. He didn't even know about Darth Vader. Remember, well, in the well, first that, episode, well, that's, he didn't know him. 
that's the thing. If if he doesn't know that Darth Vader exists, right. um, then then obviously yes, that that is that is the problem. Well, and they um, established though that he didn't, and they established that he has been living as a hermit, constantly right. watching over Luke. He doesn't have any direction. He doesn't. He's he's suffering big okay. time because his entire yeah. order has been decimated. He was ordered to watch over Luke, and that's all he's been doing. Yeah, and trying to trying to reach Qui Gon, who's not picking up. Right. Um, well, he so, was picking up. He was just dialing the wrong number. <laughs> he was he was picking up and quite literally talk, ghosting him. T- talking about good CGI, they really de-aged him really well. Yeah, they did. Yeah, yeah. that was that um, was pretty good. Yeah, but but then I, I guess because it was probably easy because they aged him up in the originals because he was much older, depicted as being older than he really was. Yeah, that's true. Uh, so they had know, to go but, up so, ten years before. Now they had to go down ten years. Yeah, um, it was. It was. It was. All of that was great. Um, you know, I kind of liked the art they took on. I I thought the final fight between him and Vader was fantastic. Oh, so good! Uh, One of the best yeah. Jedi, whatever you want to call it, fights I ever filmed. It's just and, yeah, so good. And, using the Force, and, using sabers. It couldn't have been better. It's way better than the one in Revenge of the Sith when they. Yeah, it's yeah. way for, better. For, for a start, it doesn't go on for twenty minutes. Pointless. Well, there's that, and there's n- not a whole lot of talking. Um, yeah. And the and the setting is just perfect. The way they frame yeah. them with the light from the lightsabers, it's yeah. just so well done. Um, and the re- and the reveal the the. The way they kind of finally bring across the Obi Wan that that Anakin is literally dead, yes. You know, and it, and obviously they're trying to tie into the lies he tells Luke later on. Yes. But but I thought it was convincing. They they kind of landed that, which was you know, yep. Anakin goes, Ani- uh, Darth Vader goes, Anakin is dead. I killed him. You didn't kill him. Uh, is is it just you me know? or when the the helmet is split and you see part of his face? Yeah. I was amazed that I thought. Really, I really did think that was scarier looking than just the full face. Oh yeah, absolutely. Helmet. I mean, because yeah. you can, and and it was proportioned correctly. That yeah. my problem with, I'll be honest with you, my problem with uh, Return of the Jedi, the one of the last scenes is when he's trying to pull him off and he's take off the helmet yeah. and um, his the way his head was sitting there. I thought, how the hell did he ever see out of the eyes? Yeah. He looks like a midget sitting in there. That I in I never bought that scene. It just yeah. always came across as nah, that doesn't work for me. This one, however, it's perfect. Yeah. His head it is was re- placed exactly where it should be. And they they show that the um, the voice he uses is effectively is is a, a chosen CG effect. That, Correct. That in, yeah, in, because in you universe, hear both. Yes, you hear that both, was and brilliant. it moves back and forth. And again, you, you you go well. You know, they've chosen this voice basically uh, to intimidate people. Yes, which makes uh, sense. And, yeah, which makes sense. Or perhaps you know, in universe, he had damage to his vocal cords from the from the the heat of the fire or whatever. But whatever it is, you know, you hear Anakin, you hear Hayden Christian's voice move in and out of uh, James Earl Jones's voice. It and was it's amazing. It was brilliant. It was yeah. done so well. Yeah, I was amazed only... that they let Obi-Wan win the fight, to be honest Well, with yeah. You. I wasn't well, sure well, that... how it was going to go. I, obviously, no one's going to die between the two. Yeah. We and know his, Luke his, and Leia's going to yeah. get out of there. We know the Baru, and they're going to get out fine. But yeah. who's going to? we know they're going to fight again. Who, yeah. How are they, they going to resolve this? 
And, and to be honest with you, you know, this, this is this is the point where you think about, okay, so Obi-Wan knows that he failed to kill Anakin last time. Thought he had, but hadn't. And this guy turned into um, a, monster. The most feared, a monster, the most feared person in the galaxy who's responsible for the deaths, literally, of thousands of people. Yeah, and... Rather than take the opportunity to get rid of him, finally, especially after he said, well, you know, your friend is gone. You know, I am the monster now. Yeah. You know, obviously they, they can't have him um, spear Vader through the chest and kill him, Which, but but obviously that's what he should have done. And to, for him to just to walk away again, you're just like, come on, guys, don't you learn anything? Mm-mm. Obviously, you know, that's, that's the the uh, restriction of being a prequel. Um, yes, you've you got to lead into what comes next. But but it would have been nice if they could have come up with some kind of MacGuffin to prevent Obi-Wan from killing him rather than have Obi-Wan just walk away because then again, you just think, for God's sake, same mistake twice. You know, uh, you Kargon know was, was going, stab him, stab him, go through the chest, just like I, <laughs> just like Maul did to me. <laughs> I, I had Cole laughing because it's kind of a serious scene and, and as he's leaving, I'm thinking, yeah. well, they both flew there on a ship, right? Yeah. I said, I go, why don't... Why doesn't Obi-Wan just go whack his ship a few times with his fucking lightsaber before he leaves? <laughs> yeah. And Cole died laughing. Whack his ship! <laughs> you know, yeah. we, we kept pointing out, you know, some of the uh, the obvious flaws and, and yeah, holes I, in well, the story. Like Leia yeah. running from the bounty hunters. She's a little kid. How the hell does she stay away from him twice? It's like, she, eh. <laughs> she looked like she's doing... You know, ten-year-old ninja warrior. She's leaping from thing to thing, yeah. right? And these guys are going, "Well, well we bet we're not meant to catch her, so we better slow down." Yeah, then we better not use the fact that we've got we've got three times her stride length to scoop her up. Yeah, and so they're just kind of bobbing along Bobble behind along. her, and yeah. nobody's shooting at her. No, <laughs> you know, it's just yeah, we've we've got the guns, and we we can't well, we can't even shoot her in the leg or anything like that. It's just yeah, it, it was bad, and it happened twice. Because it happened in the first episode, then the second episode when they were on the uh, in the city, whatever it was, the Tokyo planet. Yeah, yeah, uh, it was the same thing. She's kind of running along the rooftops, and they're kind of, you know, um, play play chasing her afterwards. Ooh, we're gonna come and get you. I mean, it, that's really what it came across. And yeah. this is this is one of the areas where I, I just felt the CGI didn't work, and that's one of the areas where you look at it and think, is that because they're doing it in the room, and there isn't enough space? For them yeah, to actually it would make it look like a uh, a proper chase. It's it's easier and, to for her to get away in the city because it's so sprawling and there's little places to hide. And she had Obi Wan helping her. But in the first episode, when it's the forest area, um, on Alderaan, I I kind of forgive it a little bit because she spends a whole lot of time there. But they don't establish that she knows all these little shortcuts because she's not using any of them, and they still yeah. can't catch her. I did love yeah. the reference, though, where the main kidnapper, if you will, that, that comes after her. Um, later in one of the episodes, uh, Obi-Wan is eating a, a chili pepper, and he says it's red hot. Yeah. No, he didn't. Get it? Red hot chili peppers? Because that was Flea from the red hot chili yeah, pepper. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah I got but, it. Yeah, well, yeah. you could have had a better reaction. So Well, I didn't think it was that great. It was great. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Uh, all in all, I, I think that it was extremely well done. It was, I had high expectations and I hate doing that because I want to let it live on its merits. I don't want to come in with such high expectations that, 
or, or at least lofty expectations that it can't live up to. But it did, and it was better than I thought it would be. And this was the one series more than all the rest that they have announced you know, within the last couple of years that I was most looking forward to. Yeah. Um, and it it really delivered. I am I am so happy that they did such a great job with it. Who who wrote it? Who was in charge of it? Uh, somebody called Deborah Chow. Who um, well, I don't, who was the showrunner? Uh, I think she was the showrunner as well. Hmm. Um, but um, I I I think no. I, it was definitely was was one of the best things that Disney Star Wars has done. And you know what? This could have been. Yeah. A movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, it, it had a little bit of flab to it. There was a couple of repetitions where, oh, they're going to go to a base and they're going to get captured and then they're going to escape. And that happened a couple of times. And it, you just kind of Ice think, Ice Cube's well, son was great in it. I said, well, who was he? The black guy. Oh, the, what Roken? Yeah, he. That's was that that's, as a no? No, see, now I can see that. Now you mention it, but well, he time, played his dad in uh, Six or Straight Out of Compton. He played his yeah, dad I, in that movie. I didn't. See, I didn't see straight. It, it's a good movie. Yeah. Um, it it helps if you lived in the eighties in America, but otherwise, yeah. He he um, was in a. Few, he, I've seen him in a couple of movies. He's a yeah. really good actor. He is, in, uh, and uh, so is his. So is his father. To be honest. Um, oh yeah, yeah, no question. I, you know, I think I, he's a better I, actor than his dad, though. Yeah, his dad always really plays good. basically the same role. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. yeah, he was really good when he tries to convince Obi-Wan to come with him and then realizing that this probably is the best plan. Reluctantly, it goes with it. And I just, I really like his character. I would love to see him more on screen because yeah, I feel like bit. he might be one of the guys that helped start the rebellion. Yeah. Well, I, I, I think that's what they're trying to set up. And, and you know, you start look towards the end, you start looking for the threads of where they're going to go with the show. Um, is it is it completely self-contained? I guess it's going to come down to whether um, Ewan McGregor wants to do it again or not. Well, this series um, takes place at exactly the same time as Rebels does, the TV series, 10 years after. Yeah. So yeah. Ezra Miller and all that stuff is going on at the same time, which yeah, kind I, of I think, helps uh, explain why Vader wasn't more actively involved in that series. Yeah, yeah. But um, I... I I thought I'd heard that the Ahsoka series is going to be more towards uh, Rebels because they're going to have Sabine in it and um, yeah, and Grand Animal you, Thrawn and yeah, yeah. and you presume you presume that's going to be about finding out what happened to Ezra, um, um, but but maybe you know they they it's all the universe, so maybe they they're going to you know do what they did with the Mandalorian, start mingling these characters together. The the uh, the only thing I didn't like. I, I understand why they put it in there because it, it was a it was a, a shortcut to to provide the insights into Obi Wan's and uh, Anakin's motivations and actions. Yeah. But I I felt the um, the fight between the pair of them when they were de aged. Again, I, I'm watching it. I'm thinking, did we need to have this? Is this just not again? Oh look, we're showing off what we can do with our technology. Um, no, I like you know, it. I thought it was a good. A throwback. I, I kind of like that they just didn't throw back to the movies scenes where they yeah. give you a different scene of actually training because you never really saw Obi Wan training Anakin. You never well, no, saw and, that. And he and he went. The, he did jump straight from Padawan to um, Jedi. To uh, Jedi in uh, between the first two yeah, prequel movies. Exactly. That's I mean, my so point. we didn't see that. Right. No, right. Okay. So I no, I, okay, I okay. completely that I thought that was great. I, the de-aging process was okay, but they didn't go overboard. They didn't make them look plasticky, and yeah, I, I accepted it. I thought it was good. 
Um, it was just hey, you, you're watching. You think, guys, you're going at it here. You know, all, all happens. Somebody needs to sneeze, and they're going to lose an arm. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, well, but yeah, I, I would like to think that maybe a lightsaber has different settings so maybe there's a stun setting but they've never established that so. maybe it maybe it goes from lightsaber to yeah. light stick yeah 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 that's but i all in all i think it was a brilliant series um i'm on the fence whether i want season two i i don't know as a standalone i think it works great i think they'd start to dilute it if they do another season yeah. um but they did set it up that they could do it because we always wondered, was Obi-Wan on that planet the whole time, tattooing, watching over Luke? Well, he was for the first 10 years, no question about it. But yep. he even says, what Luke needs is you, because it was yeah. because of his connection with you know, the Skywalkers that he's kind of drawn out. He puts Luke in danger. So he was the one that yeah. put Luke in danger more than anything else. And 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 we see him move away to his uh, his canyon across the Dune Sea at the end of this. So yes. he, he's he's deliberately making the choice to be further away. And we know that um, Reva's getting her own series. Oh, is she? Yes. That I didn't know. Yeah, yeah they, they announced that a, a little okay. while ago. There was a whole thing where people were calling her out because she was a black... And, oh, well, and you know what? Yeah, that's, that's a, she's black. She's black, and she's a woman. So of oh, course, yeah, of there's course. a there's a there's a hardcore uh, level of Star Wars fans who can't accept that. Yeah, it's <laughs> so sad. It, it is because uh, putting a, all that aside, she's a brilliant actress. I completely bought her in this role. Um, yeah, I, she was one of the highlights for me. I could have done with a little bit more seeing what the hell was going on on Tatooine when she's going after Luke. That was so dark. That just Man, yeah. that just ticks me off. I mean, you have any ambient light in your room, and it com- you're not going to see anything. Um, yeah, I, 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 you kind of got the impression because it, it felt a bit tacked on that plot where all well, of a sudden, it's making you, know, she you survives. Wait. It's yeah, making you survives. wait for Luke's or uh, the Vader fight because that's what everybody wants yeah. to watch. So yeah. it's like, oh, we're going to pull away from that now to show you this other stuff to make you want us to get back to that even more, yeah. which yeah. is like, you know, ah, that's a trope in itself. Yeah, and and also as well the fact that you know all, all credit to Owen and Baru for fighting back and all of that, but after their abject failure in this thing, you think they might have taken some lessons, and then maybe they wouldn't have end up in a burning funeral pyre of their home in ten years' time. Well, I mean, they were shot <laughs> by stormtroopers, and I yeah, but we know stormtroopers can't hit. Yeah, but we know stormtroopers can't hit anything. I don't know. You know, I thought that this series actually <laughs> redeemed stormtroopers a little bit. There were some scary moments where you know the stormtroopers are coming and there's a shit ton of them and they are shooting people and they are dying yeah i guess i guess you know um, i, I yeah, think you they know, respected stormtroopers a lot better in this series than i've seen in a long long time yeah i, I don't know why the stormtroopers always turn up with a gun that's really really big and intimidating but not quite good enough to do the job yeah <laughs> yeah um, you know, I mean, if they'd have brought an attack to that um, to that door, I mean, it would have been over very quickly. Yeah. <laughs> so let's move past Obi Wan. I, I think I would give it a, a, a solid A plus. I really would. Yeah, yeah, definitely brilliant. But, uh, well definitely. And if you're a Star Wars fan, uh, must watch. Oh my gosh, yes. I, yeah. I, I keep when I was watching the last episode and Obi Wan and Vader going at it, I kept thinking, I wish I can go back in time. And show my seven-year-old self this, because that's how old yeah. I was when the first Star Wars yeah. movie came out. Let him watch this. It, the only issue I ever have with the first movie is how bad and slow that that lightsaber duel 
duel is. It's so just clank, clank, walk, clank, clank. Yeah. It's just, ugh, it's so bad compared to everything that's come after it. Um, I, I, but, uh, yeah, but uh, you know, I think the problem is they were really limited. Oh, I Limited get it. by uh, the yeah. technology of yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. You know, that was, and, and they were, you've got to remember, the first Star Wars was considerably lower budget than the other ones. Oh, sure. Um, it was it was literally the best they could do in those Yeah, but if you're going to give us a special edition, I would rather yeah. have them seeing, less seeing a whole bunch of, dinosaurs walking around tattooing as they're pulling yeah, in and, and, and more of the that fight. just do redo yeah. the whole fight yeah don't don't say things like that because if it gets to George lucas's ears you know he will do it but that's the one thing i want him to redo that fight is so boring yeah. and plotting i i want a better fight between those two guys i just do well would you do it with um would you uh so would would you in Lucas's shoes? Would you CGI you and McGregor into the entire no, movie? No, that's the one thing. Um, Alex McGinn or uh, Alec McGinnis. Alec, 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 Alec Guinness. Guinness. Sorry. Yeah. Is uh, is so pivotal in that role. He, yeah. he he has such a the little looks he gives hints to such a huge amount of history that he's not sharing. Alec Guinness is one of the finest, actors finest British. Yeah, it's one of the finest British actors ever. I wouldn't say British. I, mean, I would re- just say finest actors ever. No, no, but he's he's Stop up there racist. with the, he, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, a he was British, so he's factually accurate. Um, but no, he came out of um, the Royal Shakespeare Company. Yeah, that. He, him, he was, people he like him so and Olivier, anything yeah. like that. These guys were experts at delivering nuance in their performances yeah. and, and you he, can see he, even though yeah. even though he's in what he he obviously thought was a was a, a cheap sci-fi movie that he did for the money yeah <laughs> um you know he 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 still gave 100 percent alec guinness performance yeah you know? and it was brilliant uh, yeah, you, yeah you you can't mess with that performance but you no. can expand i, I mean the he, fight. he did he did yeah, he did kind of phone it in for the uh, for the ghost things later mm, on. A little bit. <laughs> uh, let's talk about something else now. Let's move on. Uh, you finally watched um, Peacemaker. Yeah. A character created in the second Suicide Squad movies, which, honestly, I thought he was one of the best things in that movie. And I wasn't yeah. expecting that because he's a, he's a wrestler. It's John Cena. Eh. You know, he's just going to be this muscle guy that has big guns and blows people away and yippee. And, and you know, makes the makes the occasional stupid joke. Right. And and he did all those things, but the performance was great. He was really good in the role. And I, so, every time he was th- on screen, he was just running away with it against other actors who were way better actors than he was. So uh, I think I think one of the things we perhaps kind of forgot uh, about about this series and and also the the movie that James Gunn did as well is James Gunn. We you yes. we everyone forgets or, or many of us forget how he blew us away with the first Guardians of the Galaxy movie, which is I very, haven't forgot. It's such a great yeah. movie. It's yeah, almost but a it's perfect tonally, movie. Yeah, it is. Yeah, but it's tonally very similar to uh, in terms of the characterizations to this. Yep. You have guys. But for a start, the whole thing does not take itself too seriously. Hey, David, I'll be right back. Keep talking. 
Okay. Yeah, it doesn't take itself too seriously. It recognises in itself that a lot of what's going on the screen is faintly ridiculous. And it kind of embraces that and it says, okay, so we're going to... It's not quite breaking the fourth wall, but basically there's a lot of knowing winks to the audience that this is all ridiculous. And the characters uh, play it like that as well. You know, they, they play within their universe but at the same time they also recognize a lot of this is really ridiculous um and yeah you look at uh, what what uh, james gunn did with drax the destroyer in um in guns of the galaxy and to an extent with uh with star lord as well um you know these are these are people who who recognize that that um you know that that they they they're not taking what they do that seriously even when they are taking it seriously they are um you know they are um doing that those knowing winks to the audience and peacemaker and the suicide squad takes all of that and it really dials it up to the maximum you can only do that if you have the right actors and i think credit to james gunn that he assembled a real great uh, troop of actors to deliver this and a lot of these people are you know, were, were kind of side actors. They were literally side actors and, and um, side roles in the movies. Uh, and he's turned them into, into main characters. Um, and the actors he chose to deliver those side roles are really, really good. And they can pull it off. And so, um, yeah, it was it was great. And then he takes, you know, guys who really are great actors like Robert Patrick and things like that. And and Ed, I think the right from the first opening credits when you see them do the um do the rock dance which is in a the brilliant, opening credits. Which is a, it, it's one of my yeah. favorite opening scene or opening Absolutely, theme things yeah. of any it's so good. But I think it underlies what Gunn achieved with this show, which is he got everybody in it to embrace his sensibility of look, you know, we're gonna we're gonna everyone's gonna play this straight even while it's it's being played for laughs. Yes. And that's why it works, yep. right? We have a character, the main character, who is stupid. He is yes. quite literally stupid. And yet, at the same time, he has an immense heart and really believes in what he's doing, even though what he's doing is completely stupid, which is killing people for peace. And, and then... Not only that, we then see the character take a journey. We see ramifications from what he did in the movie, yeah, and how it, and and you know how it how it plays on him, and then the fact as well that he you can see he's been corrupted by his completely psychotic father, who is played brilliantly as well. Oh my! And God. everybody again, so everybody knows this because the people in his team, when they realise how badly his father's treated him, um, they kind of come onto his side. They start to recognise why he is such a mess the way he is and at the same time you've got this kind of bonkers plot with aliens in people's heads and all of that you know it it just it just went literally from strength to strength to strength with every episode um there were no bad episodes it the pacing was was excellent the way the team came together was excellent you really by the end of it believed that despite the way they all came together these people really cared for each other um you know, and and uh, and it, it was yeah, it was just great. The music was fantastic, particularly for anybody like us who grew up in the eighties. Yeah. Um. And and who knew that this is this whole uh, subculture of kind of uh, modern glam metal that comes from uh, Denmark and Sweden and Norway and all these other places with these absolutely brilliant songs. Um. You know, it it was it was really really good. The whole thing just yep. kind of landed for me, and it set up that they could carry it on quite easily yep. with uh, he you is. know with no problems um, as well. Did you know the, was, the main woman in it, the the white lady, is his wife? Yeah, I did. 
I did know that. Yeah, he's a lucky man. But I, I was just saying, I was just saying, while you while you were away, was that um, you know a lot of these these people he casts as effectively as as minor roles in the Suicide Squad, and yet they're all great actors, and they can take that what was you know a sliver of performance from that movie, and they've turned it into. You know, quite believable character. I mean, the the guy plays um, what's his name, man? The the guy with the beard. Yeah, yeah. It's such a great, it's such a great performance because yep. you completely buy that this is your typical, you know, nerdy, very technically capable, completely um, sad uh, and and you know, emotionally stunted guy. You completely buy it, and it's not a caricature or no. an over the top performance at all. And the one really over top the top performance in this in this show which is the guy plays vigilante adrian chase yeah again for his character it completely utterly works the guy is the guy's well out there you know and yet um and 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 he just doesn't he 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 just is he he doesn't think about anything he's just completely immoral you know immoral and yeah he has no problem (laughs) shooting kids yeah he does he shoots them um that was yeah, one of my fears coming into the series. I, I've I've had when I was collecting comics and reading comics heavily in the nineties or in the eighties, uh, I came across Vigilante, and it started out as a typical Punisher type of character. Yeah, but they let the writers do what they wanted. And this is a time where the Dark Knight was coming out, Watchmen was coming out, um, and they got all the critical acclaim and. People tended to ignore Vigilante uh, in, I'd say, halfway through its run. It stopped becoming a typical DC version of the Punisher, and it became something else. And that's something, and I've talked about this on the on episodes before, that he becomes a true vigilante. He'll shoot you for jaywalking. He becomes yeah. um, unhinged. He's practically insane, and he kills himself. And it was such yeah. a great comic, and it was such a good role that... I was scared that they were going to screw it up by making it a ha-ha funny character, and that's not who Vigilante was. And that's exactly what they did, but it yeah. so works. I so love yeah. this Vigilante. I, I don't care if I get another Peacemaker. I want a Vigilante series. Yeah. He is so yeah, good I, in the I role. Mean, especially as, as, you know, they, they I had not read him in the comics, but I was familiar with him through the Arrow shit series. Yeah, that Because was the terrible. Arrow series had him. And it wasn't, he wasn't good. He wasn't, he was a stereotypical villain yes. in that. Um, and it wasn't really great at all. No, So terrible. I was worried about, I was worried about that at all. But as soon as he appears, you know, in the, even the whole first scene when he's, he's outside the window. Yes. <laughs> Peacemaker's worried that, uh, that he's pranking him and, you know, he's caught him crying and all of that. You know, at that point, you, it, it immediately establishes the uh, you know the tone of it, and then the whole business with he thinks nobody knows who his secret identity is. Yes, uh, and he and he hap- quite happily walks around in the suit all the time, thinking that's perfectly normal. You know, it's it's it, yeah, it was just just really really well done. Um, I I loved it. I really loved the show. It's one of the best things I've seen for a long time. And it took you Alexandra a while to get it to well. it, and I was thinking, well, we watched, uh... we, yeah, we watched the first episode, and I thought it was really good, and then it was just a case of of you know got to get back to it there's so many other things to watch yeah but once i once i started watching it again you know i basically had to go right through to the end and alexander did as well and in fact he said said i'm going to watch it on my own i'm not going to wait to watch it with you because i think he was worried we wouldn't get to the end of it um and uh yeah and you know again going back to the music if you've gone if you've got amazon music they have a A a curated playlist 
yeah of all the songs from the show um and there's some great stuff on there you yep. know some old ones some new ones it's so um, good the whole thing yeah. was just and, and i'll come back to the opening s- sequence it's so hokey and over the top and the music is terrible it, it, in a great way and it just works for the series it really does set the tone for everything you're going to get in it and yep. I, I thought every single actor knocked it out of the park every one of yeah. them did you know and there's some generally bad people <laughs> i mean they got the clan in there for god's sakes yeah. um yeah I, it was well done yeah. yeah and again you know it's it's obviously it's played for laughs yeah yeah the fact the white supremacy thing is is played for laughs but in some ways that's the best way of doing it is to show how completely utterly ridiculous and loserish these guys are. Yep. Yeah, is the best way of playing it. And uh, you know, obviously they, they don't get to win and yet in in the in the environment they're in, in in the in the um in the universe, you know, these guys are genuinely scary. And <laughs> you don't you know, even Peacemaker is running away from uh when he's being attacked by twenty of them because he knows that these guys are scary. Yep. Um it's all it it was all great stuff. You know, it in really, the comics, really Peacemaker, anytime he kills someone, he's psychotic, by the way. He he's not yeah. right in the head. He doesn't have multiple helmets, he has one helmet. And every right. time he kills someone, a terrorist or a bad guy, they go into his helmet and he and they talk right. to him. Mm-hmm. And that it, he actually got his start, or he got his popularity, if you will, in Vigilante. Did you know that? No. Yeah, that's why Vigilante being a secondary role in this was also worrying to me, because Peacemaker was a freaking nut job. I mean, in Vigilante goes after him, and vice mm-hmm. versa. And he is not, they're totally different characters in the comic book, but yet they brought them together this way and it just works on every level. James Gunn is just so brilliant. He's talking about, you know, after uh, Guardians 3, he's not going to do any more Marvel movies, which is a shame. And then he's also talking, he's still going to do Peacemaker 2, and then that might be it for him in DC. And then he's going to get out of comics for a while, which is a shame. Unless he creates his own stuff, that's equally as good. But I worry yeah. about that because, I don't know, there's something about this genre that really plays to his strengths. Or maybe he's simply taking a genre that's limited and making it his own. Either way, uh, it's I, brilliant. I definitely, I definitely think he's doing that. I mean, he's, he's, he's taking... Um, let's face it, the work he's done with comic characters is... is very much up there as as some of the best of these comic book movies yeah i would Um, i'd put him uh, on the same level as a nolan i mean he's that good yeah different sensibilities different takes yeah you know not super serious all the time and and not not to undermine what the russo brothers did with um with uh with the you know the marvel universe because obviously they really kind of knocked out of the park as well but again that's very different yes this is the i i think the 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 real thing for me is you can watch these and uh, you know it talks about game of thrones and that sort of thing being a slog right you can watch these they're not a slog they are so entertaining yep. and ultimately isn't that what all of this should be about is it should be about entertainment you know? yeah and we don't have to wait seven years ten years to get to a resolution on a character it's going to happen next episode yeah it's, yeah. it's well and they, done and, you know and and also you know the pace uh, the one one of these this is a how many, it was a 10 episode season 
Um, and yet the pacing of this was excellent all oh, the way it through. Flies it, didn't through. Have those, it doesn't have those big sags that so many of the of the Marvel shows do, or uh, even some of the Star Wars shows. You know where they where they just the uh, or or I mean it's a very common criticism on Netflix that um, you know there's a there's kind of a flabby middle before it gets to the the end resolution. This just keeps going all the way through, and they yep. were happy to have something that could be the resolution of a series uh, in episode three or four, and then you know move on from that. I uh, felt like it. It was a well-done movie that was split up because it was too long. Yeah, yeah. And it was it hit all the right buttons for me. Uh, every time a new episode was out, I immediately watched it. Um, I Cole hasn't watched it. Um, he's up fourteen, so you know. yeah. But I mean, yeah, this is a this is an adult show. Yeah, there's no question. <laughs> yeah, very much, very much an adult show. Yes. Yeah. So I, I'll probably let him watch it in maybe another two years, but such a good show now we were also going to talk about dr strange but we are approaching uh the one hour mark and i think with dr strange being a big marvel tentpole movie and there's a lot to unpack in it i think we're just going to save I that i agree come that back I, to I next have, episode yeah. i have a lot to say about dr strange yeah it, as it, do i both good and yeah. bad i think i probably have more yeah, good than bad um, but I, I don't want you to give anything away now. This nope. is gonna, that's going to nope. be in two weeks or three, depends. Because you know, Dave and I both have lives outside of podcasting, and we have to take time off occasionally. Yeah. Um, but we'll be back with another episode of the Geeks Pub. We'd love it if you guys gave us feedback. It's the show at Geeks Pub, the Geeks Pub Podcast dot com. Uh, you can also go to mymac dot com or the Geeks Pub Podcast dot com and leave a comment. Easiest way, though, is our other show. It's TechFan. Just go to TechFan on Twitter or Facebook. Leave a comment. We'll hit you up there. Um, yeah. yeah, it's good stuff this week, though. I, I, the funny well, thing we, is, we talked about Game of Thrones. We both liked it. Well, you haven't watched yep. it all. We both really liked Obi-Wan, and we both really liked Peacemaker. It's, it's rare yep. that we're not arguing about something like we are want to do. I think we're kind uh, of in agreement on all these shows. We we are, and um, you know we're 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 in, in a good place at the moment. There's a lot of really good stuff coming, and there's up. M- um, there's more good stuff that we yeah can look forward to. What's the next big Marvel movie? Um, that would be Thor. Love Thor, and yes, and yeah. early reviews coming out is it may be the best of all the Marvel movies so far, yeah. which is saying yeah, something because be. Civil War was just yeah. one of the best. Endgame was brilliant. I mean, but again, there's something here because this is this is uh, directed by Taika Waititi, and and, uh, and his last Thor movie was one of my favorites of all time. Exactly, it's a brilliant again, movie. It 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 kind of gently point uh, pokes fun at the character, yes, uh, and makes it far less serious and far less. Um, you know, don't get me wrong, I love the Kenneth Branagh first one, sure, um, but it it was very very po faced, yes, um, and. Uh, you know, sometimes these these uh, these characters benefit from not being so pathetic because they are yes. faintly ridi- They are all faintly ridiculous. Oh sure. So you know, lean into that a little bit, and um, you know, it doesn't all have to be uh, grim and dark. And, and they don't all have to be ha ha laugh and look at the guy in the funny underwear. Yeah. So exactly. Yeah. Probably the next so, episode uh, we're going to talk about Thor: Love and Thunder as well as Doctor Strange because that's going to come uh, and out also, next week. And uh, also Miss Miss Marvel, I want to talk about because I'm yeah. really enjoying that as well. I am as well. I, I purposely didn't talk about it because I, yeah. I 
want to wait to the end of the series. Want to wait to the end, yeah. Yep. But but uh, but certainly, if you, if anybody's thinking, oh, that looks like a kids show or a, a, everything like it that, is. it's definitely worth a watch. It is, yeah, but it's definitely worth a watch. Yes, absolutely. It's really worth a watch because it's, it's uh, pretty good. It's really, really good. So with that, we're going to wrap up this episode. David, I'll see you next week on Tech Fan. See you then.